You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I hope you're all doing well out there. Today, I have Redskins legend Chris Cooley on with me to discuss what else, all things Redskins. We get into the current situation with the virus, how it's affecting the NFL. Cooley went through the 2011 lockout, so he understands at least the inability to be at the facility and what that means. He also shared a little John Beck nugget from those days that was, well, very John Beckish. And then it's me with a few lingering thoughts on Trent Williams' situation and a little bit about what Dwayne Haskins is doing during this period. And don't forget, you can read me on ESPN.com. This week, I'll have a story on the impact of the loss of pro days and one running back prospect that I talked to is someone who's already done a video chat with the Redskins during this period, Zach Moss. But first, my conversation with Chris Cooley. I'm going to bring in Chris Cooley, Redskins legend, um, and I just want to talk to you, Chris, about a lot of things going on with the Redskins right now. But first, before I get into all of those things, thanks for joining me. But also, during this period, how would you have handled this as a player with, you know, not being able to work out the way you normally would and not in all the uncertainty around the future with um, when they're going to come back? Well, John, to be honest with you, I would have been pumped that I did not have to go into work and I could work out at my house and do my own thing. Obviously, I wouldn't wouldn't be excited about a pandemic going on. But to some extent, for me, missing OTAs, especially as I got into years three, four of my career, would have been a nice little treat. Now, it wouldn't have been the best thing for my game or for anybody's game but at the same time everybody's doing it i wouldn't mind just hanging out at home well you had to go through this in 2011 too so what do you remember about i mean that that was just kind of that was a little bit different because you guys can still gather and work out as teammates or whatever but what do you remember about that period that maybe guys could maybe apply to now well (laughs) the thing that I remember as practicing at high school fields. Right, Tuscarora. And John Beck calling everyone and telling us that this is your starting quarterback. We're going to have practice at Tuscarora High School. (laughs) (laughs) We all called each other and said, did John Beck just introduce himself to everybody as the starting quarterback when he started the call? (laughs) So He really did that? Yeah, he did. It was funny. I think at the time they were – He was a star that spring. Oh, yeah. He was the big thing there for a little bit. That was the guy Mike Shanahan really liked, and it didn't work out. I still – John Beck's a good guy. I like John he a lot. He, he yeah. is. But, but, what, but as far as, like, you know, 
the way you guys could stay sharp or what, you know, maybe even working out on your own, is there anything that you would have learned then that you could apply to this situation or is it just so, because it's so different that it wouldn't even apply? Yeah, absolutely. I hate to self-loathe and, and do this, but it's always my biggest excuse is that January of 2011 is when I decided to have my knee scoped, which yeah. I, I wish that I obviously wouldn't have done, but I, I made the choice. I, it was my decision. I'm, I'm a big boy. I started working out hard in March, took about a month and a half off, and then went about it my normal way. And by the middle of April, my knee was way swollen up. I forgot about that. And I should have done things differently. And probably being in the building that year, we would have went about it differently. And I know a lot more about my knee now and or that problem as it is. And so, yeah, I would have completely changed the way I approached that offseason. And I'm assuming being in the building would have made a big difference for me i missed all of training camp because i came back and i was almost embarrassed that i wasn't ready to play i'd worked so hard and i had i'd worked really hard that offseason i had a good offseason other than my knee was a balloon right but i mean i was working out like crazy the second day of training camp i mean i couldn't couldn't move and mike shanahan tried to pop me and i should have i should have let him he should have done it but and, and the way Mike's always put it is I'll always give the player the benefit of the doubt one time and then I'll take over and you know, we should have done it. And again, that I fought hard to not go on pup because I was embarrassed by it, not being ready to play. And it just, it was uh, not a good deal for me. So yeah, going about it differently, I, I would be really careful with how I worked out and managed the load even now at your own house for, for sure. And you know, it's funny cause in talking to guys too, like all these gyms are closed. Most of the gyms are closed. Not all of them. Cause I've talked to some guys, um, you know, where they're prospects or whatever that are still working out places, but most of the places are closed. So you have to get creative to stay in shape. It almost feels like you're going to find out the guys who are really self-motivated and who isn't. I feel like you just go watch Rocky four. <laughs> when he went to Siberia or <laughs> Russia or wherever he went to train in the cabin and you do all those exercises. <laughs> <laughs> that listen. Yeah. I mean, you know where I live, I could do all that stuff out here in Berryville. So, you know, that <laughs> there's plenty of room out here to do all, any of that. Um, let's switch. I want to switch gears now to everything that's going on with this team and, and start with Trent Williams. You obviously have a relationship with Trent with the franchise. How do you view this situation? Because, you know, it, it just, it's, it's still here. And, it's, and I think people are getting frustrated by it. Well, I, I, it is a really frustrating situation. And it has been for me as well, because I like both parties in this situation. Right. And, and so it's, uh, it's gotten to, I, I just don't know the way this is going to play out. I, I mean, Potential legal action is what I'm reading right now from his agent, Vincent Taylor. I'm not sure what that is. I've always looked at this as it was more likely a money thing than it was a well-being, or at least the team. 
and I've always wanted to give Trent the benefit of the doubt on that. And I know that he did not feel well about the way he was treated. Right. Ultimately, the way I looked at it is it's 12 million bucks. You can go get your own TB12 company and do your own training and play for a team. It, it, it's $12 million. It, it's not about the training. It's about being paid and being paid guaranteed money. And so that whole thing got mixed up, Kime. And now it's in, in that standstill situation where when you think about it, you think Trent doesn't have a whole lot of leverage here. They got another year left. His contract would toll. They don't want to trade him. They could really say, Trent, you're going to play for us. And Ron Rivera could say, I, I, we want you to play. We want to pay you. But last year when he came back, you couldn't put a helmet on. And I need to see you play before I offer you a big-time deal. But then I think about that, Kyman, and you think – I always think the one leverage a player has, if you really didn't want to play, is, is the leverage I think Trent should have used last year, is show up with a stinger or a concussion. Show up and get one. Right. There's nothing a team can do about it. It's the scary part of, of professional sports, paying professional athletes. Most people don't, would never do that. But in a vendetta like this has almost become, I mean, that's leverage. As you can essentially say, bring me in and we'll see how it goes. I'll bet I don't play much. I feel like I might get hurt. Right. And, you know, that's the thing. I know from talking to the Redskins that their tact has been, listen, Rivera's telling everybody the same thing. We're not doing any extensions right now. I want to get to know you. I want to get to see how you fit in, et cetera. And I think that, you know, clearly that applies to Trent, too. I think they would still – I think they'd still – if he said, you know what, I got no choice to come in, I think they'd be okay with that and just see where it goes from there, whether it's a trade or nothing else, you know. So – but if, if that – if it came to that, as a player – is it hard to get back into that mindset like, okay, I am going to play here? Or do you, would you think that it would be too hard for a guy to come back in there given the public stance that has been going on for almost a year? I think it would go over pretty fast. I think you'd be, I think you'd be fine pretty fast. We talk about it through training camp, if there is a training camp. Right. Then we'd start playing games. And if he wants a contract, he'd have to play hard because he didn't play last year and you want to see him healthy and he, ever, he needs everyone else to see him healthy. And if he plays hard, which I'm assuming he would, he'd probably play well. And so we're going to forget it as soon as real games start again. And then it'll, it'll mutate <laughs> as the season yeah. goes on into whatever it is towards the offseason. I just think Trent should go play football. He signed a deal. He agreed to a deal. It sucks to not be paid guaranteed money, but that's the nature of the NFL. You don't really get out of a deal two years early because you want guaranteed money. And so I think he should show up and play football and make his money that they're going to pay him, which, by the way, is, is not just a little bit. Right. Well, <laughs> like I'd go drag my beat-down old body around out there for $12 million this year. Right. And I know, you know, everybody I have always – talk to who says well Trent's been really good with his money but that's a lot of money to with if you really want to do this again because you're paying the fines which is new on the CBA they can't waive it um, but then you're also going to miss out on another huge salary this year it'd be hard to imagine that taking place 
you know. And I think the other thing, Chris, too, is if he does come in, I still think they, you know, if he goes out and plays well for the first few weeks, some team's going to be calling to to go get him. I think at that point, and I think, you know, so I think he'd still the bent, the, the motivation would be to not just for the new contract at the year, but you could probably get out of here sooner if you go out and play like the way everybody thinks you can play. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if someone's going to want him in two weeks. I, I know that basically after last year, I'm sure teams would like to see him play if it was going to be a trade trade deadline thing. I would want to see him play if I was part of another organization before I gave up a first or a second. Right. And I wouldn't even – the other thing is – he has so much value to you protecting Dwayne Haskins in this year and a new offense. And you'd love to keep him because he's not old and it would be great to get a deal worked out with him. And, and I'm not giving him away for a third or fourth, but if I'm another team, I don't see him offering higher than a, I mean, maybe a second. You'd be fortunate. You, that will be probably into the year when someone gets hurt, if they were going to do that. Right. All the conversation last year, I'm, I'm not sure a first was ever off, offered. Uh, I'm just not sure it was posturing by the Redskins trying to get a first or posturing by Trent Williams' party trying to solicit that the Redskins wouldn't deal him for a first. But you look at the Jadavian Clowney situation where you had to trade him and then he had to work out a deal. And what's he's a first-round talent. It's just well, the circumstance provides that you're not going to give up a first to get him for one year or – for Trent's, you're not going to give up a first to get the chance to negotiate with him. In Trent being a guy that's proven a little bit hard to negotiate with, at, at least at this point, with the Redskins. So there's just so there's so much to this situation that could resolve itself if Trent sat down with whoever it need be and they came to the terms of, look, we love you here, and this will go away. And we'll work out a deal or we'll try to – you'll go to free agency next year. We promise we won't tag you. Like we won't tag you. We'll try to work out a deal. Just come play for us this year and let's see where it goes. It's the best-case scenario for both parties. And I think they were hoping that would be the case. And then I know one of the things his agent has said, you know, I heard this privately and then he said it publicly, that they were annoyed that he did – that Ron Rivera didn't talk to him, Trent, before – pursuing a guy like Greg Olson, for example, which would have been, I think, in early March. So did you take anything from that, or do you think that's just a looking for something else to look at, or would you have been a little bit annoyed by that as well? I think everyone in the Redskins building is a little bit annoyed by Trent. I think that Trent's completely annoyed by the Reds. I think that there's a lot of bad blood. I just think you should get over it and deal with it for what seems to be time six months that best probably and so if you're so if you're the Redskins if they don't if you don't get your offer you're not just going to give them away and they won't I'm not, I'm not and I'm not knowing that Trent could show up and get hurt but I'm also if you want to think of it positively I'd want him in the building and I would believe that whether or not he felt it at the time that we could create enough of a relationship to get things going. That's what I'd want to believe if I was wrong. I just, I like the idea of creating culture and I see that Ron's trying to do that and he's doing it the way he wants to do it. But I don't like the way that I don't like giving away 
top three players in their position, top four players at their position. Like, I, I want to find a way to make that work, especially yeah, when and, I have no alternative. Right. And, you know, the funny thing is, too, that Rivera has, has had a pretty good reputation with players. I wonder if Trent came in and, you know, was around that for a little bit, if that would change his opinion at all. And, and I would say this. I still think, having said that, it's still going to come down to the money. Yeah, but it doesn't have to. He's under contract. Right, 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 right. And I know. I, I'm, I'm with you. I know where it is. I know where it stands. I just see this resolving itself so easy. And I don't know. Is he – here's my one question or here's a thought, right? Does he want a bunch of guaranteed money because he knows he's not going to be able to play for very long with the head thing or with whatever's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, does yeah. he – is that the biggest concern is, look, I need to get a big-time deal so I get a bunch of guaranteed – another $30 million in guaranteed money or $40 million because this ain't going to last for me. Like, that's right. the other concern that I would be thinking about if I were the Redskins or any other team that was going to pay him is, like, why does he need guaranteed money so badly right now? Right. Because $12 million is guaranteed for Trent Williams. I mean, that's the thing that you have to understand is they're not cutting him. Right. And he's not not making like he's gonna make the team. He's gonna play. He's gonna make the team. That's guaranteed money. It's guaranteed right. twelve million dollars. Yeah, it, it it is. And that's the other the other thing too. I wonder um, with with the the thought process for both sides is you know, and I I also I wonder about like where Dan Snyder's at with it too because I do think that that's the old, that's the one question because it feels like there's a lot of resolution from below to again. You're not going to give. You're certainly not going to cut him. Which, but unbelievably, some teams thought they might. You're not going to get it. But it, I, I wonder about Dan's resolve throughout this. Will he be able to go through this? Because obviously, a lot of fans are tired of this whole situation. Yeah. Well, they have other things to worry about right now. Well, that, oh, by that, the way, cutting him would not be good for Trent. He wouldn't clear waivers, and then he'd just have to do the same thing with another team. That would actually be funny if you really well, were spiteful. You're right. And, you know, the other thing with him, too, is I know, like, what you hear on their side is that he can, they feel he can play another five, six years at a high level. But I do know that other teams would want to see what does they have. And I think, you know, I, I know that there have been a couple, there's at least one team that wondered about, well, where's his mindset? Is he going to, would he come here and be a problem? So I think there's some questions that, as talented as he is, that he could help himself by answering, um, <laughs> It by not making this posture, I think. I don't know, man. This has been going on a long time, and I think we're all a little bit tired of it, but I don't see it ending unless some team comes up in their compensation package to the Redskins. It'll, it'll Here, here's the one thing I do think is a little bit laughable. This whole thing got played into Bruce the Dolt and Bruce's fault and Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. We're still doing right. it. Right. They're still doing it. Right. It didn't just get resolved when Bruce left. It's not easy to deal with guys who make demands the way he did. And I love Trent. I do. I think he's a great guy. I would hang out with Trent. I'd play football with him. He's a good teammate. I, but if I'm doing business right now as an organization, this isn't how I do business. Unless you wanted to sit down and talk about an extension that was team-friendly a little bit, sure. And I don't know if Bruce was willing to do that. I don't know if Ron would be willing to do that now or whoever it is. If we want to talk about a team-friendly extension, I'll talk about that. And you can get some good guaranteed money up front. Because I believe in Trent. 
Like, I, I believe he'll practice, he'll work, he'll play through injury. I don't see him as a guy that's going to get money and quit. I don't see him that way either. And, you know, it's funny about Bruce because the, the, you can – during the season, if you polled Redskins fans, probably 90% would blame Bruce for this whole thing. You poll him now, they're going to – 90% are going to blame Trent. And, it, you know, and, but it's – we're in the same spot, you know. And, but I, I do – I thought – I think that some people expected that to be some magic elixir that, well, Bruce is gone and Larry Hess is gone now – Trent will resign, but like I remember, I would even always say, like to me, the number one, there's still the biggest obstacle, which is the money. That is always going to be number one obstacle because I think even Trent said when he reported all the issues he had, had they given had they given him more guaranteed money over the last couple of years and done something else, that he would have still been, he still would have come in and played. Well, yeah, and I think the simplest thing is that he didn't continue. He didn't want the NFL to actually do the investigation. Right, right, right. After this break, I'll be back with more of my talk with Chris Cooley, including further conversation about Trent Williams and how Dwayne Haskins can get his hands on a playbook right now. talk about another topic and get on to what how have you viewed their free agent approach through the first like week and a half two weeks or so it would have been nice to get Amari Cooper right yeah that would have been yeah and I don't mind paying for what I think is a big time player I don't mind overpaying a little bit right for what I think is a big time player yeah A, a big time pickup um I like Kendall Fuller obviously I think the Kyle Allen thing's really interesting in, in so much that you want a guy that can run your offense, especially if you don't have any offseason. Right. And Ke- Kevin and I were talking about this. Kevin brought up, would you sign Cam? And I, I completely thought it was realistic if Cam clears way, gets cut, clears waivers. At the time, I thought, yeah, they, there's a viable chance that if Ron and Cam get along well, absolutely they would they would sign him and it, he's probably going to do a one-year deal and that would have been based on the idea that if Dwayne doesn't have any time in the building at least Cam can do it right now right but they did I mean they did a little bit of it with Kyle Allen right but I, I think by doing the Kyle Allen thing it gives you a, a very quality backup for the time being and then unless there's utter disaster with Dwayne early, you're basically telling Dwayne you're our guy. And right. And that's what I was going to ask is that, that kind of, I knew that they weren't going to go after Cam. And I think that in their minds, they felt like if you do him, you're, you're basically saying you're the starter because that's the level he's at. And they, they, I think with Dwayne, then what happens there, but the way they went with this did send them a little bit of a message about what they want to do with Dwayne, didn't it? I think so. I think, I think it gives you a very good sense that they feel comfortable with Dwayne. And I say that it'll get to the draft and Burrow will somehow be there and they'll take him. But <laughs> I, I, think, I, I mean, I don't think you're planning on drafting the guy. Right. In the first, you know, and, and how hard will it be for a, you know, 
somebody in Dwayne's position to now to, to, you know, he's got to learn a new offense. And I know he's doing a lot of stuff to do that, to offset what he's not going to get in the building. But how hard will this be for him? It's a different – I know everybody says it's, an, it's a – I don't know about easier offense to learn necessarily, but the verbiage is less, which could make it a little bit easier to pick up. But how hard will this be for him to get this down? Again, I'm just assuming right now that we're probably not going to see him until training camp at the earliest. And I think it's like the Alessanders, Joe Gibbs, Coriel system I, I, is what I think. I think it's that number system. It is. This is the number system. I, I actually like the number system. I have, I have been going through like over a year of trying to determine what I like the most. I think I like actual language better uh, than numbers. It depends on how he learns because a lot of the concepts will be exactly the same. They'll just be called differently right and so if he's a do it by or a learn it by doing it guy it will not help him but if he if he can read it draw it see it he got plenty of time send him a playbook all that cam newton talk i, I kind of after i thought about it i thought well shoot if you send me a playbook i mean give me two weeks i'll be good to go right and, and an hour a day, maybe a couple hours a day, I'll, I'll, have, I'll know it as much as you want to know it. And so. that's, the, that's the value of Kyle Allen because now they can get that. But how often do you think in a situation like this, what's the likelihood that Dwayne probably had a copy of that playbook maybe already? I mean, is, you know, I know they're not supposed to, but is that something that you can easily get your hands on? Well, first of all, if it's – if it's close to the Coriel system, you can download a PDF of the entire Coriel playbook. Well, there you go. So that's not very hard to get your hands on. No, no. So, but, I mean, there's going to be changes to it, and there's going to be different verbiage and terminology. Can they meet over Skype when this uh, offseason starts? Can they have, like, online meetings and stuff? Do you know that? I don't know yet, and I think that's something that I want to learn, too, is that let's say they're going to cancel this. It's not a lockout. It's not a strike. So it would seem to me that you should be able to get playbooks to your new guys or to anybody because it just, it, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. So I don't, I haven't heard anything like that yet, Chris, but it would, I would be surprised if you weren't allowed to do something like that because this is an unusual situation. It's not a lockout. It's not a strike. So that would obviously help a lot too. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get some time to meet. And, yeah. and be able to get together at least see each other i mean you turner could create a youtube channel that just or some video channel and sit there and draw on the board while Dwayne watches it i mean <laughs> there's a lot of ways to meet on the computer now as yeah. we're doing right now, right this second right and that's true and you know what about like i don't know if you are you familiar with logan thomas at all do you remember watching him when because they obviously they played the redskins last year did he stand out to you at all you know He's an athletic kid, and he's played quarterback now at tight end, but did he stand out to you at all? Nope. Okay. Other than go. he just KO'd Ryan Kerrigan. I actually watched a lot of Logan Thomas this, this last year and then went back. So he makes some athletic plays. Right. And he does some things where you say, huh, um, really average, not as – he's stiffer than you would think he would be. He's just a guy. Okay. He's, a, he's a two tight end. They need a, they need a starter. And that's I watched I watched about ten games. I watched all the tight ends this year going into free agency. 
I, why I couldn't tell you, just because I thought the Redskins needed one. And well, they did. I thought I might help out, but Logan Thomas was there was nothing special. I, I actually probably have notes on my computer. On Logan well, Thomas. Austin Hooper was the guy that I know they liked. They just didn't want to go above a certain price, and it would have gone about four or five million more than they would have liked. Did you were you were you sold on him as being a guy worthy of a, a big deal like that? What your cap space is, and what your need is and what you got going on i think when you look at the redskins to pay hooper at tight end you, you got to start thinking about all the guys on defense that are going to be coming right. up that you're going to end up paying and where your money's going to go and you, you've got to pay sheriff and i don't think that they could afford it over a four or five year period that was my that was my wondering too because it's not so much about right now and i think because as you know here too often you're paying guys above their level of ability to make plays and where you know I was with you on Cooper he's a playmaker you're going to pay him you know the guy's going to make plays but too often you're paying guys who at the high level who aren't making those plays for you at the commensurate level and I think I wondered about that with Hooper over the long haul if that wouldn't have been a bad you know wouldn't have been a great situation for them in a couple of years. I really liked Austin Hooper um, I think one of the things that you have a hard time deciding is how how well can he separate against man-to-man coverage right. if he ends up becoming the primary guy? Because Atlanta, he, they just didn't play a ton of – a lot of teams didn't play man against him. He didn't get a lot of balls against man because who, you, you do get man, you're throwing it to Ridley or Julio Jones. And so he has a few catches, but, but you got to go in and watch all the routes and all this stuff. And he's got some quick twitch and some separation to him. He's really – He's a C minus in the run game is your other yeah. concern. But that was, yeah. And that was explained to me. And I, 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 you know, I, I felt like he did a nice job finding the soft spots in the zone. It, you know, he extends well. I thought he ran better after the catch on some routes than I thought he would. Um, you know, and it's, it's funny because after watching Jordan for the last couple of years, watching Hooper get off the line, it's just different. But he, yeah. his separation seemed to come at the top of the route. He was able to kind of maybe use his size and lean into you and come back out or something. No, um, absolutely. And I think you put it perfectly. Is He is able to find little holes and zones. And if you just put on his catch tape and watch his 70-plus catches, you'd say, this guy, all he's doing is just catching a bunch of balls in the middle of the field or in, so, in soft right. holes or underneath. But that's a little bit harder. Like, why isn't everyone doing that, Kaim? Because right, it takes right. a feel for it, and he has that feel for it. So that that's the one thing he does have. And when I say C-minus in a run game, I've seen much worse. So the one guy I would have paid was Hunter Henry yeah. in L.A., and they franchise tagged him. Other that, than that, there's nobody that I would pay. And that that's what I think they were at, too. Because um, you, when you look at this offense, you still need to add – I mean, I know they want to add someone else opposite Terry on the other side, and the only receiver they've had is Cody Latimer. So I think they're still going to be in the market for something, whether now, you know, whether the rest of the way here in some fashion, whether it's a trade or whatever, or in the draft. And I think that'll be curious to see because they want to give Dwayne Haskins more options. But it could be, Chris, that we're looking at a team again, and I think I don't even say it could be, I think it is. They're going to rely on defense. You get Chase Young, you build a defense. And then you build maybe a strong running game to help him that way. Yeah, and then you hope some of your young receivers continue to develop. Like, I think Steven Sims Jr. can be a two. I think he's a pretty good player. I like him. And 
I think Calvin Harmon's an H-back. <laughs> well, we'll see if they let him keep playing receiver. You know, it's funny because I get asked about that a lot. And I, you know, it always seems like they didn't have him in that, in, you know, didn't have that mindset with him. But if he was just a move guy, it could probably work out okay for him, right? He's a better blocker than most tight ends. He is physical. <laughs> yeah, if he was a move guy and you just didn't lead block with him, I don't know. <laughs> the NFL has changed so much to size being smaller. And by the way, if you didn't tell anyone he's an H-back, and you put another guy on the field, you're probably going to get nickel anyway. So, I, do you, and last one here and, and all this, and I appreciate your time. And with, with just their in general approach, do you like the approach they've taken as far as what it appears Rivera is trying to do and the foundation he's trying to lay? Yeah, I, I do. I, I really do. I don't think that there were a bunch of glaring, massive holes on this team. I think it's a team that over the last two years has been built through the draft. And I think Kyle Smith's done a phenomenal job in doing that. And so I think you trust this draft process and the group that you kind of fell into, Ron, which to me is he's very fortunate to have Kyle in their yeah. group. And you say, we'll fill these holes in the draft. They'll go out and they'll find us a good tight end this year in the draft. And there are going to be three or four very good tight ends in this draft. And we'll go out and maybe we'll find a left tackle or maybe we'll have to trade up or what. But they'll, they'll find a way to get things done in the draft is maybe my, my philosophy. And so you're basically saying, look, I'm going to create a culture here. I'm Ron Rivera. And I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And it's going to be my way. And I basically told everyone at the press conference, if you do it my way, we'll win games. And I'm going to get a couple older guys that really believe in me and my system, like Thomas Davis, who they signed in free agency. Right. And then I got this group of young guys who I can mold and they'll do whatever the hell I want. I'm not going to go out and pay free agents money in my first year as a head coach. Although they would have paid Amari Cooper and that would have been the right thing to do. Right. So really uh, you look at it and I, I think you got a good team and you're going to find out with Dwayne Haskins again this year. And that's where you're at. I, he's got a lot to prove as a young player and it's going to be hard for him in a new offense again in another year. And if he doesn't play well, they won't win games. Right. So, and, and then you'll have decisions to make. Right. And if and he that, plays well, especially if they were to draft a guy like Chase Young, they should have a pretty stellar defense. And Dwayne plays well, they should be a good football team. So and, I like what he's done, and I don't think a lot needed to be done. I, I think that he had a solid foundation. And if you continue to just slowly fill those pieces and say, look, might not be a Super Bowl team in year one. Give us a couple and let's build it. I think they're, I think they're in all right shape. Would would you keep that second pick and take, Chase, or would you look to trade? There's going to be so much value for that pick. But watch Nick Bosa in the Super Bowl. I mean, watch Von Miller a couple years ago in the Super Bowl. These guys, you just don't find guys like Chase Young. Agree. And so, to me, a top five player in the NFL, like a potential top five, or let's go just say a top ten player in the NFL, you want those guys. And so, no, I would not trade the pick. And, you know, it's funny, Chris, because a lot of people, I, with the big argument I hear from or with people who argue for it, they're like, well, they need a lot of players. 
I said, and one of the things they need are elite players, and this guy can be elite. And so I, right. it would take an it would take an awful lot for me to move off that pick and not take this kid. So yeah, you forget other people forget truly elite players make a lot of other players better. <laughs> Absolutely, they do. Like when you, this one guy is a problem, and three guys are working on this one guy, the rest of the guys on your team have a little bit a better advantage. Yeah, I'd take Chase Young if he's and, sitting there at two. I would absolutely take him. Yep, and, you know, all you have to do is look at San Francisco's numbers on third down last year versus the year before after Bosa comes. And it wasn't just because of him, but that pass rush was so good and they were so creative the way they used it. And it, there was a trickle down to other guys, and maybe his numbers weren't astronomical, but the impact was there. And you could just, it felt you could feel it on many downs with him. And so that's, that's again, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Well, listen, Chris, I appreciate you taking out all this time to join me. And I hope you're not going crazy, you know, cooped up at home. So I hope everybody's doing all right over there. Yeah, no problem. Um, I had all the time in the world today, Kai. So I appreciate you having me. After this break, I'll be back with a couple leftover thoughts about Trent Williams, Dwayne Haskins, and Austin Hooper. Welcome back. Now here are a few nuggets of information I think it's important for you to know. Number one. What you heard from Trent Williams' agent, Vince Taylor, on 106.7 The Fan earlier this week is basically what has been said privately for a few weeks. He is pushing hard for the Redskins to release Williams, and that just won't happen. Period. I had one person with the Redskins tell me exactly that. Williams' side does not seem to grasp why this won't happen. The truth of it is also what bothers them. The Redskins view him as an asset. That's something that Williams' side doesn't like. They want to see him as a human. But NFL players are assets to these teams, and the Redskins won't just give them away for that reason. They traded Quentin Dunbar for a fifth because he didn't have much value beyond that now or in the future. He's a good corner, but one who has never proven himself over 16 games and who is in the final year of a contract. When you miss 14 games the last two years combined and are in the last year of a contract and want some more money, I think it's hard to get a lot of great value for him. And I think if Seattle gave him an extension, I would question the wisdom of that, depending on the deal, of course. So you really get him for one year and then make an assessment. That's why his value wasn't going to go up. With Williams, you're going to sign him to an extension almost most, almost assuredly so the price goes up because it means you value him at a certain level. And, and I think the value goes up still, even if it means they have to pay and trade for him. His history is far better than Dunbar's. That's why there's a difference. The organization isn't sitting there livid about what the agent is saying, so it's not going to force them to alter their stance. It just isn't. And it's a delicate line for Williams and his agent. There's at least one team I know of that wondered if they landed Williams, would he be an issue? I don't think he would be, but the way this has gone, it does make them wonder. Number two, there have been some things that need to be cleared up with Williams, just some procedural things. The, first of all, let's talk about the value of the compensatory pick. Because he's in his 10th year, if Williams leaves as a free agent, the Redskins are only entitled to a fifth-round compensatory pick. 
the Redskins had been using a third or fourth round possibility in terms of compensatory picks as part of the determination of the trade compensation. For now, they keep saying second round value, and I don't expect them to budge off that anytime soon. As I've told you before, that can be accomplished in multiple ways, from a couple picks to a player. The other part here was there was some misinformation that a few of us, more than a few of us, put out um, regarding holdouts. There was a summary put out by the NFLPA about the new CBA that stated if a player didn't report to camp on time or missed five days of unexcused absences, they would lose credit for an accrued year. So the thought was, well, this applies to Williams and there's no way he's going to hold out because of that. Well, it's not quite that way. Trust me, some of the Redskins were under this impression and I think there was a lot of confusion around the league. I don't think it was just them. The reality is all that can happen is Williams is fined $50,000 per day through the end of camp. Through the, excuse me, through the final cuts weekend. As long as he reports in time, though, like last year, he'd be okay to gain a credited year. The holdout rule only applies to those with less than three accrued seasons, and that's from somebody I spoke to at the NFLPA. Number three, I don't recall if I've told you this before, but this is what I've gathered on what Dwayne Haskins is doing this offseason. I've been told he's been working out three times a day on all aspects of his game, from weights, to quarterback drills, footwork, throwing, etc., and then have, and then film sessions, going over his own tape, going over tape of Carolina, etc. He's been consistent with this and was doing this even when he had to go traveling somewhere before all the virus stuff hit and it was pretty much shut down. He's cobbling together the playbook based on the routes Carolina used a lot of the last two years and with help from his quarterback's coach, his guru, I guess, who has familiarity with this system. I don't know how it will turn out for him. I do know he's putting in the work. I know that they've been looking um, for places to continue to work out throughout this situation. I never under, quite understood the work ethic question with him because in writing about him leading up to the draft, it was evident he'd put in work. I do know the one thing they wanted here was for him to take that next step that's required in the NFL in terms of his work ethic. So going from working at a certain level to working at an NFL level. If he does that and he continues to do that, I think they will be happy with the results. And I think getting Kyle Allen here, as we've talked before, will help him learn the offense. But the work he's putting in right now is the key, and that's what he's doing. Um, next, the Redskins still could use some corner depth. But the one name I don't expect them to pursue right now is former Redskin Bashad Breeland. Down the road, if there's still a need and if you're still free, I think there might be a chance. I wouldn't rule it out. But I would place it right now in the doubtful category. But they still have holes there, and they, and again, they haven't con contacted him as of yet. I'm not sure about Logan Ryan. I do know teams felt he was asking for too much, which is obviously why he remained unsigned as of this recording. I like Ryan. I think he'd fit. I don't know if there's strong interest. Um, he's a guy whose contract will ultimately match his value far better than the others who were signed on the first day of free agency. That's something that clearly appeals to the Redskins right now. I know the Rams, for another, another player looking at another position receiver, I know the Rams have told teams that Brandon Cooks is available. But I have a hard time seeing the Redskins make a play for him, excuse me, especially in a trade. I don't see them trading for him at all. His concussion history would be concerning. He's got a big contract. If the Rams cut him, I don't know what the Skins would do because then you could get him at a far better bar bargain. But I do know, don't look for a trade there. Next up. I know one player the Redskins were really excited about signing was 
third down back, J.D. McKissick. And I, I'll be honest, I kind of enjoy saying his name. If you're an announcer, it's J.D. McKissick. It sounds kind of cool. Anyways, I watched a little bit of him on, on film um, a couple nights ago. He had more wiggle and quick, quick twitch than I thought he'd have. Um, I didn't know a lot about him. He can help the Redskins in a spread attack, and with his versatility, I liked when he was running the ball that he was very patient setting guys up and could cut like that. I was impressed with how he ran his routes, both out of the backfield and out of certain sets, like out of a stack formation in the in the red zone. Um, I saw this against the Raiders. Stack formation really presses the linebacker, cuts out, open, ball wide, incomplete, but the route was there. I saw him run a route, a route from when he was lined wide, runs a slant. You don't see that often with the running backs, and and that and he did it. Um, I know a touchdown he had. I liked how he held the linebacker running down the seam out of the backfield with his head turning a little bit inside, holds a linebacker, cuts out, easy money, um, wide open. So um, I think I think that's somebody that, that's why I think they're excited about him. And so there's more to learn about him. I mean, he wasn't the most productive guy over the last few years, but he does show flashes. So I think it's something to watch moving forward with him. And he'll replace Chris Thompson's third down back role. And speaking of Thompson, there are definitely teams interested in him. Definitely. But because of this situation, because of this situation with the virus, etc., teams want to get a medical on him and they can't. So that's holding up any deal with him and probably a lot of guys in his situation coming off injuries or whatever. So when this is all over and teams can bring him in for a medical, he'll be signed by someone. You know the Rams and private Jaguars would be on the list. And I've heard that the Patriot staff has always relayed their love of him to coaches on the Redskins. And by the way, one other name to throw out there, Jason Peters. I know the Redskins had talked to him early. I didn't get the sense that they were going to do anything with him now. So I don't know about down the road, but certainly not right now. It didn't seem that way. Um, Finally, I was surprised to hear Austin Hooper say on Sirius Radio that his decision came down to the Browns and the Redskins. He obviously picked the Browns. I had been told consistently that the Redskins had some interest in him, but didn't really want to go hard after him because of the price tag. That message remained consistent even after Hooper said what he did on the radio because I checked again and the, the word was the same as it was before. They had checked in on him um, in early in free agency before that to gauge money, but I was told that it never went beyond that. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'd like to know more what Hooper said, but I know from this end that's that's been the consistent message. Regardless, they still have a need at that position. Okay, that's it for this week. I hope this took your mind off things for a bit. A big thanks to one of my favorites, Chris Cooley, for joining me. I have as much fun listening to him as I think you do. And thank you for tuning in. Stay safe and wash your hands.